Show me the money. Hello. Oh, you're low again. Oh, I'm low. Well, it's the same as last week where the Skype noises are just insanely loud. You'll see just a big brick of waveforms (laughs) at the beginning. And then uh, I have to crank you back up. Mm, Let me see this. I want to see my audio video settings. If I can, if I can increase my output without changing anything here. I doubt it. I think this is all yeah, incoming. Yeah, for a long while I didn't have to do that, but I also forget every week. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you don't sound, like, when I crank you all the way up, I mean, I if I listen for it, I guess I can hear some hiss, but. Yeah, see, I have I have automatically adjust microphone settings off. It's up to 10, and the uh, meter goes about two-thirds of the way up, so it's, I mean, it's not like peak, Yeah, no, peaking, it sounds so. like a good level you want to be at. Yeah, for some uh, reason, I don't know what, maybe Skype changed something on their end course um that's what i do man i always yeah. blame the client the other client unless uh oh justin what? you know what changed what my phone's in stereo now oh my phone is in stereo and because my phone's in stereo you i have ha- a feeling it's what it's probably doing is i'm getting half of your audio yeah. as opposed to them sending it straight down the middle ah. that's what's changed i'm gonna pad you again because i hear way more hiss this way okay i got gotcha. you that's what happened. Okay. Podcast. I'll take monitor. I'll take the compromise. <laughs> my music sounds incredible in the car. I still am in awe. <laughs> yes, I know that you've been listening in in mono for so long. It's it's like a whole new world. However, um dude, setting up these home pods in the bedroom, it's like I've never heard music again all of us all over again. <laughs> yeah? Like what an amazing yeah, I was feeling, playing, right? I was playing Boxcar Racer and there's some really cool panning on one of the songs and i had to go back while i was folding laundry and i just stood in the middle of the room and let it like <laughs> let it bounce around you're, me you're it's like so the max good. l guy yeah exactly <laughs> oh man you should see this glass of uh whiskey that i poured um you know when you get to the bottom of the bottle and you're like oh that's like it'll be a little bit of a big glass but no it's like a lot of a bit <laughs> big glass but that's okay it's always okay um yeah uh i guess we'll do i I don't have much housekeeping frank d is on the mend uh which i did i know that last week or did i not yet know that um oh boy i don't remember well frank d is on the mend (laughs) we we talked about him and then i checked the same post that he had sent pre-op and in that same thread later down there um he had mentioned that he was actually you know recovering well was a small scar and then I think Kate Fontaine in the group had sent on the same day, even uh, a, a, just a message posting, "Hey, f- what's the status on Frank D? How are you doing?" And I, I believe yeah. he had responded to that, or someone he else did. did. Yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, very excited to see that Frank D is on the mend, doing well. He's been popping up uh, more and more on the socials, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't really have a lot of housekeeping. Um, yeah, so, I mean, sort of looking over these notes, I'm just going to go ahead and speed read through these. <laughs> this is Jimmy Pod. Um, uh, 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 you uh, went down to Legoland with the family this past weekend. That was fun. Yeah, and a glimpse into what uh, the future possibly holds for us. Uh, I, I think I had mentioned even on the, on the, the family thread that I was in that it was handled really well. Uh, they did a great job. It was a very limited uh, attendance, and they had a very limited selection of rides. But as far as like 
kids go, they don't really care as long as they can run around. And, yep. uh, they, you know, they find the the rides that they like, and they just want to do those ones over and over. And we did that. And it's crazy, man. There was one that we did that was just, all it is, is it's a little, maybe it's 15, 20 feet long, and there's about 10 different two-seater planes on it. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, not necessarily like the, Dumbo that goes up and down. This one just goes in an oval, but it's just planes that when they go around the bend, they just whip out a little bit and that's it. And they kept going cool. over and over on this and that's fine. You know, I'm glad they had fun. We spent an hour doing that one. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, felt good to be out again and, uh, and, and yeah, a, a member of society. <laughs> so when you say the, what the future looks like for us, you mean us as a society, yep. as, as human race, et cetera. I yep. see. I, did, I was like, are you guys moving to San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. Um, yeah, we just visit. No, it was really okay. nice to be able to see just like it, it was it was well organized, well put together. I felt safe the whole time. Um, and that I think that's, that's a awesome. big that's a big thing with with the the you know new way of kind of the new order is just going to be safety and uh, and yeah. professionalism. I think I did uh, something. I think I took Keaton. Susie was at work. Wes was at school and I had Keaton for the day. And so I took the day off and drove down to downtown Disney to get something for Halloween. So I must have been there August or September at downtown Disney. The parks were closed um, and I felt very safe. Now, there were not a lot of people anywhere, um, but in terms of hand washing stations, uh, hand sanitizer, cast members directing people and everybody being in masks and them making sure that people on the property are wearing masks. It felt great. Now, the parks are opening at the end of this month. No more annual passes. So it means like me going to the park is like you going to the park. There's no difference. So like, right. I really have to make sure that when I go, it's going to be insanely thought out. <laughs> we can't like there's no like, oh, we'll just do it next time. I, I don't know how to do the parks as a single <laughs> day guest. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know how to do it. So, um, well, if if from my perspective, I think you have to go in understanding you're not going to be able to do it all, and just be okay with that before you set foot on the property. And I know, yeah. I know that you just you might want to keep your plan, but just I think if you go in understanding that that might planner, go out but the I think window. I'd be really bummed if. I'd start feeling pressure if at five o'clock I haven't ridden pirates and the line is really long. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, it's never, I, I don't have an itinerary, but I can't not go on pirates. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if I'm not going to go back next weekend. So it's like, uh, it's a tough, uh, it's a, it's a whole new world for me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll figure something out for us. Uh, SoCal folk, but right. Anyway. And now we just need to get into the, the music scene, get that thing going. And then I'll be a happy camper. I know that uh Hollywood bowl is going to be running at uh 20, 25% capacity. Wow. That sounds cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how many shows I'll I'm be sure able about to go the to. ticket prices at, yeah. at those like Dodger tickets are like $60 for like pretty kind of crappy seats. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so speed read from the June split and uh singles 2000 it's track two of four or four of four depending because they're both j sides of that seven inch yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, uh on the u.s release of singles it was track four of 11 on the uk uh, or the japanese release it was 13 of 14 and on the uk release it was track four of 13 
And it also uh, shows up. Did you mention the the Static oh, Prevails demos? Please. It was ten of eleven on that. So I couldn't. Other than my collection, I didn't see like the version on the Static Prevails demos sounded exactly the same to me. Unless you found some other no, version. No, I couldn't. And the it, the it one, sounded like a little a little more tape hiss and not as clean. But everyone's saying Static Prevails demos. And here's the thing. They probably wrote the song for Static Prevails and didn't make it to it, but they only recorded this once, as far as I could tell, at the Rare Book Room in New York the same day that they did What I Would Say to You Now with Steve Rivette. Yeah, I mean, so it, it not- does say that, well, it does say, I'm looking at the the one YouTube uh, listing of this from 2008, and Ra- Raxi, Phone, Live On, but the uh, comment that they put in the the notes at the top of their post of this video is Speed Read is a demo off of the Static Prevails sessions. So I don't know if, the, the, if that is any different, the sessions, and maybe it's just somebody started saying it, and then it's just been, it's perpetuated into this, like everyone thinks, oh, it's off of these demos. It, it's really hard to say, and I, I, I this is where I, I feel like it's our job to have this answer. Um I listened to what I had as the Static Prevails demo. Quality-wise, they are different. But there is a moment in the vocals where I I think it's Jim. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Jim in this. uh, Does something where he's he's, uh, drifting to a note. And the timing of it is odd in both recordings. And identically odd in both of those recordings. And the duration of the two tracks are only off by a couple seconds. I just don't know. We don't have the old archived right. message boards to go and, off. And of. when I was going through and our it, drive, I found four different versions. One of them included yeah. the flack, which I have that up so we can listen to it. There's a lot of clean audio. I wanted to just kind of uh, investigate mm-hmm. with you, but in there, there is the static prevails with demo in parentheses and then that's where I found the one where it's listed at uh, track 10 of 11. So that was another reason where I, why I had listed that as the track number. So again, I mean, it, it's not like I found some one person saying it, but there is a, uh, and again, this could have just been somebody that, um, you know, without saying who owns yeah. this file, but uh, just had assembled them and put them in a demo folder. I mean, the tracks are only two and a half minutes long. Yeah. So we really could play through the static prevails demo version and the flack version that's ripped, uh, that's ripped from the vinyl, um, and really compare them. And I'll point out where the voice does this thing. That's so similar on the both. And that timing is odd enough that I just think it's the same take. Okay. Um, so yeah, as far as I can tell, release date, 1997 for the seven inch year, 2000 for the singles and 2004, um, when the singles with the Jebediah split, attached to it came out uh jimmy world wrote it i i am pretty sure it's jim singing but it's done in this like falsetto whisper where the voice box is never fully activated so you kind of have to go off of intonation and i'm pretty sure it's jim but Uh even uh even futures past on the discord was like you know now that you're mentioning it now i'm second guessing if you had asked me i would have told you jim but now i'm wondering (laughs) um this was released. Now, this is interesting. In terms of label, Big Wheel Recreation released the 7-inch. 
However, what's interesting is if you go to the singles album, which re- was released in multiple countries, we almost never look at the different countries' record labels. So you've got Toys Factory in Japan, Golf in the UK, Supremo in Ireland, all with different pressing numbers and stuff like that. And it's just like one of those weird things where it's like, I just never consider that these different countries have different labels. Like, it's not necessarily like, let's say they were even on Capital. Uh-huh. It's not to say Capital is putting out the UK variant or the Ireland variant of that uh, of that vinyl. So I think we, um, we found something similar to that uh, when we were looking at the Japanese release for another Mm-hmm. It might have been this the same. It might have been Static Prevails. I can't remember if it was that, but just looking yeah. at, yeah, yeah, the associated uh, distribution. So yeah, as far as I can tell, it's only on this Jejun release. Um, even when I searched Discogs for Speed Read, no Static Prevails test pressing or demos, bootleg or anything like that came up. Um, only the singles album or the Jejun split. Uh, the four different pressings of the Jejun split. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that. Those are I don't have any information about that. They ever played it. Uh, it's the duration is two thirty nine. It wasn't on tune bat. So I, I couldn't tell you. It, it's essentially a four four time song and it's a slow dirge. Um, I really like this song. This is one of those that we definitely listened to on our uh, yeah. Jimmy Sort World <laughs> right. Patreon episode. And I was like, what's speed read? And I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Um, and even before I hit play, when I was doing the research, I was like, what is speed read again? Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, it never ends. So it's it's forgettable, but it's a great track, I feel like. Yeah. It's definitely got the nighttime walk vibes. Like, even though we have a track to, usually after we record, I take the dogs out for a walk and I listen to next week's track, I'll probably play this again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we should create a Jimmy, like I I should really create a playlist that's the Jimmy Eat World nighttime uh, songs uh, thing. Anyway, that is all of the stats I have on Speed Read. Um, Do you want to go through lyrics? Yeah, let's go go ahead and go through lyrics. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, if I do this before or after, but under songmeanings.com, there was actually some decent content on here. And the one that uh, I enjoyed the most was actually the, I guess it's the highest rated, even though it's at zero. So maybe it was the first. Um, Yeah, it looks like it was the first before Jesus Hates Losers. Um, But this was (laughs) X-Pank Frist, which, you know, I love X-Pank Frist, who showed up on, uh, where does X-Pank Frist show up that I always am talking about them? I think, uh, maybe it's song meetings, but definitely they've come up before. Yeah, I, I don't know if they have the same username on Reddit, but definitely on song meetings for sure have come up several times. Very uh, just uh, um, like astute and uh, you know analyses of these tracks. And what they said was, uh, this is even more beautiful when you see the words. I think it's about the guy seeing a friend who is changing what they're like to get further either in society. He is basically saying... Uh, to this person that he doesn't need them to change because he sees them as who they really are. And that's all that matters. It fits into a lot of different situations like peer pressure at school to maybe needing to be different to advance in your profession. But the message stays the same. You're great the way you are and your real friends know that. I thought those are just really well put. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of lyrics. There's uh, what I have listed down as a verse, a pre-chorus and a chorus. And that's it. Yeah. 
So let's start with uh, the verse here. And it's one of those songs where when we go to listen to it and you, you actually hear it when Jim comes in, uh, these these <laughs> words are dragged out so far. So what he says in this first line is save the rapping for another. And another could be another yeah, yeah, when he's yeah. actually singing it. So it's really hard to, I'm glad I had these lyrics at my disposal to go through. Otherwise, it'd be tough for me to kind of go through and figure out what the hell he was saying. So the first line is save the rapping for another. And I think they're just saying, don't hide yourself when you're with me. You don't have to put on, uh, you put on the mask. Um, dressing doesn't mean a thing to me. And I think it's just kind of, if you want to go to the length of saying, it's like dressing like a salad. You're just putting something on. You're layering something on yeah. there. Um, you don't we need to watched, do that. Um, we watched uh, Dirty Dancing recently, and that's kind of like how Baby is versus uh, Patrick Swayze's character is like the I work at the resort type of thing, and uh-huh. Baby is the rich girl that is attend that is uh going to the resort with her family for the summer or whatever and uh patrick swayze doesn't give two shits about the clothes that she wears or anything (laughs) like that he's all about dancing and being in the moment and living life right so that's what makes me think of just because it's fresh on my mind yeah okay yeah and i think yeah dressing could be anything um but just look dressing doesn't mean a thing to me you don't have to dress yourself up you don't have to put on that uh put on that smiling face just be real with me there's no need to put on a show and then they end the verse with a submission for a ladder rung and i think that's that's you know of all the lyrics that that are here that's probably the most cryptic and that's submission for a ladder rung i just think of ladders leading up um and another ladder rung it's a stepping stone yeah it's it, it could mean us ascending higher or you personally ascending higher perhaps this person is trying to make something better of themselves and it's just encouragement words of encouragement there is this this is a submission for a ladder rung you can move on up and then we jump into the pre-chorus where they sing you decide what you're used for you decide uh you know kind of as john bon jovi put it it's your life you're in control of how it's to be used only you don't let anybody else make these decisions because you've only got so much time and why would you waste it, uh, you know, trying to please somebody else or trying to be yeah. somebody that you are not? Yeah. And then finally, what I have listed as the chorus is, I know what you are, what you are. And it sounds to me like they've been longtime friends and he knew, he knows who they are deep down. And, you know, when you know somebody long enough, um, especially when they're going through, and I've always said this, uh, is like the early 20s in general, but just like the early to mid 20s of mine was when I really started finding myself as a person. And if you're with somebody long enough to see them go through that transition, sometimes it can be for the better. Like maybe, you know, if they're becoming a better person, um, if they've always wanted to get married and they started a family, that's a great change. But let's say they're doing something for a career and they're becoming sort of kind of like 30, 13 going on 30, where they've become this evil person that they never thought they would be, and you're witnessing that. Uh, for this person in this song, I think they're just saying, I know what you are. I, I know your personality. I've grown up with you, what you are. Um, and you don't have to, uh, you know, again, you don't have to change. You don't have to be this person that you're pretending to be. That's how I'm reading that. The very first line, um, and then, uh, you know, another little device that, Jimmy Eat World uses is that reiterating it in different wording. And 
with this second part of the chorus here, I see clearly what you are, what you are. Um, I am, yeah. I am now making this very clear. If you weren't listening before, I, um, just kind of sending it home. I know who you are as a person. Um, and, and actually not even who, but what you are. And again, because that's so important, that's refrained or at least repeated a couple of times in the end as it fades out as what you are, what you are, what you are. So just really, I mean, if you're looking at it, um, I think it's about support and inspiring somebody who may have been overlooked. Either they were overlooked or they're trying to be something that they're not. Um, that's out of character. And uh, um, and maybe maybe they're allowing for that change in character, but just not around them. It's like, you don't have to put on that that face for me, man. Just just be real. Be you. So uh, even though the lyrics are very short, I think it's a I think it's a gorgeous song. You know, if you could pick yeah. like so many words to fit into two and a half minutes, uh, they did a pretty damn good job. I concur. Uh, before we get into track notes, I kind of want to listen to it with you. I yeah. love that there's brushes at the beginning. It's yeah. got uh, like, is that a Moog? Like, what do you think that I tried to is? find uh, what kind of keyboard that is. It could very well be it's Casio. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't sound like something. It sounds like something that you, you know how uh, how Moogs work, where there is there is sort of a physical component to it. You're you're creating these sine waves that like interact with each other and, it, and you can kind of create these raw sounds with them as opposed to something like a keyboard, like a Yamaha where it's kind of, it's already in there and there's just the different tones of it. It doesn't really sound alive. This one kind of sounds like it's got a little bit of like a warble to it. And maybe that's what, yeah, it, maybe it's one of those older, uh, you know, going back to talking uh, about the keyboard that showed up in uh, take off Horkers you know, something like that, yeah. where it's an analog synth of some exactly sort. right. I mean, it was probably something again. See, it was probably something because here's the thing. They recorded it rare book room. It says it in the liner notes for the singles album. Right. Right. The sound on this is exactly like the sound that I heard on the Static Prevails demo version that I have. Right. OK. And that we'll listen to. I think we start with the Static Prevails version, and then we listen to the FLAC file. Okay, fair enough. In the 90s, that wasn't something you could just pull out of your pocket. You know what I mean? And they likely weren't touring with this equipment because they were recording in New York. So I just... Somebody, 484-JEPOD, explain how this was on the Static Prevails demos. (laughs) Yeah. um, Because the sound is exactly the same. Yeah, and I've got, so I have all three here lined up, uh, and then I've got the fourth, the FLAC file, which you're saying the FLAC file is from... Well, I assume it's a rip from the vinyl, but I, I didn't I didn't provide it, so... Right, and I'm looking at it, and it does say... Yeah, let me look at in, in the search results here. Uh, let me go back to the search results, and so Speed Read FLAC, um, 2000 Singles Compilation Japan... Okay, so this is the Japanese uh, release. That's why it's listed as thir- track thirteen. Got it. That makes sense. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay, so I've got all. F- I've got the three. I've got the original speed read uh, from two thousand, um, two minutes and forty three seconds. I've got the speed read, the Static Prevails demos that we aren't entirely sure if it's really that different. That's from it's labeled as nineteen ninety six, two minutes and thirty nine seconds, and then I've got the speed read Jejun, uh, split nineteen ninety seven, two minutes and forty one seconds. That one has the uh the album hiss on it and then i've got the flack one so which one did you want to listen to first let's start with what purports to be the static prevails demo okay 
Here we go. Here's the Static Prevails demo, purportedly. Oh man! So that's the one that uh, does that one have that distinct? Uh, I guess that hiss. Well, the distinct hiss, sure. But does that one include that? Uh, I guess it would be like the vocal, not the inflection, but just that you said there was like a, a an offbeat note. Was it ladder rung? It's is that? Uh, the yeah, I think about? it's the ladder rung. Yeah. Yeah, and that was pretty distinct Distinct listening to it here. So you're saying that that shows up in the singles version? I believe so. So maybe what we do is we listen to the Japanese flack oh, man. file. And look, man, I think it's only been a couple of episodes, but I am coming uh-huh. around to flack. <laughs> oh, really? I, I wish it was easier I, for me to play. I'm one of those play. guys who just never noticed. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to this, and I, I it's easier to hear in the beginning, um, particularly when I was listening to the singles uh, version. So it's not this Static Prevails, which is a little bit more hissy. It's the Speed Read um, singles version. Let's listen to this I would little... Say, I would say, now it's funny, I would say convert me, but I'm listening to it over Exactly, right yeah, now, so. you're going to have to listen to this on the pod when you do that, that first listen through. Um, let me just play, and I'm only going to play the beginning of the 
the normal MP3 version of the singles. Um, you know, this is track four off of singles. So this is the MP3 straight out of iTunes. I'll just play the first like uh, 15 or so seconds. So it's when you when you hear that you're going to hear a couple of things. You're going to hear a little bit of like a tape hiss, but you're also going to notice that there is a little bit of what what's probably the amplifiers buzzing, very faint. But oh. I heard that so much more I guess depth-wise in the flak version. So here I'm going to play the flak version and I can play this. You want me to play this all the way through? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, for at least for us, we can always trim it on the show. Okay, here we go. See yeah. that right there? Yep. Yeah. That is such a Jimmy Eat World chord to hit, too. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Just as it came in, now the song just trails off. Yeah. Oh, such a beautiful, uh, I mean, two and a half minutes, man. Just over two and a half minutes. So you're right. Uh, it's very distinct here. Easy to easy to hear where he says it's uh, rung. And it's kind of like uh, you, you were talking about pitch, right? Where it's almost like a, a note that's out of uh, pitch for a brief moment. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely heard it there. So, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe it's just a crappy version that got passed around that people have been labeling as um, the, the Static Prevails demos, but it sounds no different to me. So I am lining up all of the, while, while we were listening to that, all of the Google Drive 
copies we have. Uh-huh. And I'm like, they could have walked around and said, oh, this is a uh, 94 BPM and it's going to be 94 BPM at all times always. Uh, right. And never be anything else. But there's just no difference in, <laughs> in the way any of these versions. I've got flax. I've got MP3s that say demo. <laughs> I've got uh, M4As like they are not all exactly the same duration, but that's right. just what you're going to get from, you know, a, a vinyl rip versus everything else. But they all f- have the same duration of fade out. Yeah, so no difference, huh? I I don't I I don't want to speak with this uh you know what I mean like with some sort of uh authority that I don't have because I'm not in the band, but it sounds I'm like you're doing up enough that right. first hit. <laughs> enough that first work. real like kick hit. Yeah. And like this track 10.mp3, theoretically that's the static prevails demo right yeah track 10 demo exactly here yeah and the only difference between that one and the other ones is just the quality of the recording it just sounds like it's been uh like the kilobits per second is lower or it's just been like somebody recorded it from like onto tape yeah from the actual like let's say the master tape that they had in there it just sounds like it's been passed around a couple more times yeah I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the minute here that it's gonna take me to line up. Okay. Because I, I I line them all up, um, in the order that they downloaded. Uh huh. But I'm gonna line them all up based on track name. Okay. Go ahead. And you know what? Um. So I just wanted to talk while you're doing that about the Please. the the sounds at the beginning and the end of this. I had just mentioned that it sounds like it kind of comes in and goes, but kind of like a siren. You know, but the actual, yeah. the first sound that I heard, even though this is uh, this is ascending, so it, it goes from do di do di. Um, what I heard was the opposite, and then more of the tone of this. If it's a Moog or if it's whatever it is that they used to create this, to me it sounded kind of like a store door chime. Just if I had to pick a sound, mm. and so I went back because I hadn't heard one. I haven't walked into a Seven Eleven in. Oh my gosh! You know, years. So, um, I just got the sound. So this is just the door chime, right? So it's okay. Um, and I and I checked out what notes it was, and it happens to be um a C down to a D sharp. So it's it's like three notes in between. It's like one and a half steps. Um, nothing spectacular. Um, and then I started thinking, well, it kind of sounds like. Uh, like a European siren, how it kind of fades in or start. It doesn't really fade in, but it starts abruptly and then fades out toward the end. And so I wanted to capture what one of those sounds like. And I found a good clip from it's, it's, it's some Euro news uh, piece that they did on New York replacing their current sounds, which is a little bit more jarring with the ones that are from Europe, which is just sounds more pleasant. And so here's a clip of these Um, if you're unfamiliar with that sound. See, now now that happens to be a C-sharp down to an E. Also, three notes. Okay, Okay, it's a little bit different pitch, but it's same three notes. Um, The store door chime is clearly a ding-dong, like ding-dong. If you were to say that, uh, you know, if somebody had perfect pitch, they would say ding-dong. It's the same yeah. kind of uh, transition for the door chime and the European siren, 
unfortunately, absolutely no relevance to this intro other than like the sound that I guess it put in my head and like the vision of a siren going by because this one is a D sharp up to a G sharp and it's a difference of like five whole notes. So I was mm. hoping that there was going to be some kind of relationship there, but that rabbit hole that I went down was fruitless. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's still a nice little intro, but it to me personally, and I don't know if anyone else has shared this. I imagine some somebody has, but the fact that it does remind me somewhat of like a like a European siren. I don't know if that had any any thought process uh, when they were visually the the uh, what it put in my head was. Um either like when your key is in your ignition and you open the door to like a 90s Honda CVCC, <laughs> not even a Civic, uh-huh. or like a Mazda of some sort, like an early 90s Very Mazda. Specific. Um yeah, or sitting uh in uh, uh it's like a one stoplight type town and it's just flashing yellow. <laughs> like I imagine is a it's like uh, the person's just sitting at the corner and and that light is hitting their face. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Very, so very Justin, uh, reminiscent of Jimmy World. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. I've lined up. What I did is I lined up the hit. Right. I'm going to listen to it here on my end. This is all eight versions playing simultaneously. So I, I lined up that that uh, right there uh-huh. um, and they don't line up at that front. All the tens line up, but all of the twos, fours and thirteens line up separate. Huh. So they are somehow different. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> but if you listen to it like here, I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit of this. What I should do is export you a um, a multi-track stem of this so you have it now could that be um, like let's say where does the flack come from does the flack come directly from the recording from the master tape uh the flack came from the way that the person that owned the cd okay which is probably a 44 one wave right okay ripped it to their computer as a flack file okay and we have both a track four from the u.s version and a track 13 flak from the Japanese version both line up perfectly. Okay. As well as the track two and the track both. Yeah, I have a track two flak as well. So, um, and what did I say? Was it track four was here in the U.S. or where is it track two? Um, um, oh, boy. Uh, track four was singles in the U.S. Um, yes. Track two was oh it must be a vinyl rip then, right? And that, that's what I was getting at was that even if be like a vinyl the rip, the vinyl rip might have had a very subtle difference in it playing, right? When they were recording it, uh, yes, you know it could have been a hair, but it faster. lines up fairly well with the yeah. track fours and the thirteens, which are from the uh, CD itself, right? So clean rips. You could just clearly see, I'll send you a screen grab of this, um, that the tracks at the bottom don't quite line up that head where I, that that first like um, kick drum hit, that muted kick drum hit is a whole beat sooner than the rest. And by the time, by the time later 
you'll see here, I'm going to send you a screen grab, that they're ah. all lined up. Um, now, don't pay, you know, pay no attention to the way the tracks start and end. Um, R- right. I-, I wouldn't count that as anything. We're looking at waveforms. Um, but yeah, it's, it is curious. And unless you could read waveforms any differently than I can, it does seem that that track 10 is differently uh, timed. And we have three versions of track 10 from three sources. Hmm. One is probably from my rip. One is from somebody else's rip from the forums. And one is somebody else's rip from somewhere else. Right. Now, I noticed that at the very, very end of the Static Prevails demos version, it sounds like there's someone clipping or at least hitting the like the stop button. And then it ah. continues on for another second or so. And that could very well be what happened is just... You know, like the song did actually end, but they kept the recording going or whatever they were um, putting, assembling together file wise. That's haunting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to re- export you a multi-track version of this so you can have it. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And let me just play the last seven seconds of the, the demos version. See if you... I'm going to crank it a little bit. Yeah. You hear the, the clip at the end. Ah, maybe it wasn't there. What huh. you were... Now play the end of the Japanese the... flack. What you were... Does he do that? Let's see here. Let's try this. I'm going to crank this one a little bit. Do the last few seconds. It's kind of hard to hear. The difference um, is that last little um, kick. Yeah, yeah, and it was a little bit quieter. I know I have you kind of in my ear with that, with the, a tiny a hair of static, but um, it was clear when it was. And I'll listen back on when I go to uh, edit this one, but. Um, that there was a, a distinct sound, and maybe I was it was soft, and I was listening to Zach hitting the. <laughs> it was way louder than I thought, but it sounded like a very soft, right? Um, the sound of like a tape yeah. uh, being stopped or something being halted. I don't know if someone putting down something or what, but okay. I hear you. Well, okay. Well, I'll, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm uh, I'm trying <laughs> so, to set this up as a multi-track for you. Sure. I came across, uh, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, I came across a German singles review. This is oxfanzine.de, and uh, it, it was written oh. in German, right? But, but, uh, came and I converted it, or used the translate this page feature, and uh, it's kind of a fun little read, and just because it was converted, not necessarily a knock at all, on um on german language but just the way that this was converted um just kind of a fun little read so this is a review from this was october november 2000 by uh jochim hiller um in their so it's from ox fanzine it's actually a, a you know probably probably just one of those zines that they had number 40 and um it's titled uh Jimmy Eat World, and they have a little ticket here. I imagine this is the, you know, this is the, um, it says Big Wheel Recreation. So that's the label. Uh, Do you understand the managers of capital? 
With Jimmy Eat World, they have a band at the start that is extremely popular and has not lost credibility despite the major deal, which has sold over 40,000 copies of their third album, Clarity, and nevertheless, the contract will not be extended. Unsuccessful or what? Regardless, the new album will be released on a different label, and to shorten the waiting time, Singles is a wonderful compilation of a selected single and compilation tracks from the last few years, although the fact that at least my pre-release version has no detailed information whatsoever is to be criticized about when and where the recordings came from. Still, a great compilation of one of the most important and best bands from the drawer that currently bears the label, Emo. So Mm. nice, kind words from Ox Fanzine in the, I was was mistaken, it was this September, October, November, so they must release quarterly. Um, from yeah, 21 years ago. Thank you, Joachim um, Hiller. I'm probably butchering that. I don't. I'm not real familiar with German names. Maybe it's Joachim. Joachim. Who can know? Who can know? It can't be known. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, I did have this written down, and we never really look at things like this, but I think it really helps, especially in the early years of the band. Cause as of right now, they don't release a lot of one-offs where you're like, Oh, when did that come out versus the albums around it? But I wanted to look at again, where we're talking about static prevails came out in July 23rd, 96. And the big wheel recreation jejun split came out in 97. We don't have a direct release date on that right right um so there's a year that's that happens in there in that year since static prevails released that same year in 97 is the mineral sense field jimmy world split and the emo diaries comp which included opener uh the recorded version of opener um and then i did want to read what it said on the uh liner notes for the singles album it says for uh, specifically uh, what I would say to you now in speed read recorded and mixed by Steve Rivet at the rare book room, big wheel recreation 0708 during a stay in Denver. Now 0708. Do you think that potentially means July 8th? Potentially uh, during a stay in Denver, Carrie McDonald showed us a band called Jejun. He had seen them while he was a roadie for The Promise Ring. He had a tape of demos, which were later released as quote-unquote junk on Big Wheel Recreation. Carrie told us they lived in Boston. We were touring constantly, but still not playing for many people. At our first show, playing the Che Cafe in San Diego, I saw a guy with a Jejun shirt on. It wasn't hard to pick him out because there were perhaps eight people there. I told him, hey, that band rules. And he said, ah, dude, I'm in that band. And that's how we met Joe. We kept touring and met Araby, Chris, and their friend Rama Mayo, who was starting a record label. Rama later asked us to do a split record with Jejun. These are two songs from that 7-inch. And Rama Mayo did the layout for the singles album. So, Hmm. um... Which makes sense because he's on Big Wheel Recreation, but mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy World Keeping in the Family. I know we read that yeah. on the What I Would Say yeah. to You Now episode, but if people yeah. are cherry picking, then they should hear that. That is the band's line about those two songs on this particular release. Um, and they had, uh, I went to their Wayback Machine, their old website, 
and here's what they had to say about the Jejun split. This is a split 7-inch with a great band from San Diego called Jejun. Each band contributes two songs, and they also had a note on the singles album. A collection of previously unreleased songs and rare B-sides. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I had um, regarding that uh, from the band. What the band had to say. What else do you have? Um, boy, uh, as far as the track notes go, um, my, my notes kind of stray off at, at toward the end here. So if, oh, yeah. if you've got nothing else, <laughs> then I can, I can, uh, Oh, I've got more stuff. I just, okay, I, go I, ahead. I yeah. Know. I've got nothing, yeah. uh, right now but other than the community stuff that pertains to this track. According to stitches and grooves, there were four pressings of this, but I believe there were potentially five. So I'm going to read you what stitches and grooves had to say about the first four. Um, and then I'll, tell you what about this this very rare as far as i could tell fifth version stitches and grooves notes on press uh, uh the first pressing this is the green and purple j cover and uh this is the first press as far as we know yet another split featuring jimmy eat world this is one of their more popular splits and hardest to come by there are at least four pressings of this split i have a copy from the first and fourth presses the jackets differ between the first and fourth press, which is why I decided to buy multiple copies of this record. I know there is at least one other style jacket, a blue one with different artwork. I'm not sure which pressing it belongs to. It could be the second or third. I have no idea how many copies were actually pressed of the first pressing. Actually, I have no idea how many properties were pressed for any except for the fourth. And even then, I'm not sure if that's the full pressing info. The press, the first press comes with a plaid slash checkerboard pattern jacket, which you will see in the photo below. And he produced uh, the stitches of grooves produces a photo. Here's what they say. This is their second listing of notes, but they're not sure that this is press number two. This is about the blue silk screened jacket. Just like with the green silk screened jacket pressing of the Jimmy Eat World Jejun split, I'm not sure which pressing this is. It is either the second or third pressing out of the four overall pressings of the split 7-inch. Unfortunately, I have never seen the full pressing info for all pressings of this split, and it's not for lack of trying. There were 200 copies pressed with this blue cover, and I think the record was pressed on two colors, black and blue. I do not know how many copies were pressed of each respective color. However, it is possible someone switched the records out on me, swapping in a black copy for the blue. To be honest, I only bought this for the cover variant to complete my collection. So that is a potentially two or uh, three, and here's the other potential two or three. This is the green silk screened cover. I'm not sure which pressing this variant of the Jimmy World Jejun split seven inch is from. It is either the second or third though. There were 200 copies pressed with this cover, with each being individually numbered with a stamp on one portion, one portion of the trifold cover. All copies of this cover came with a seven inch on green vinyl, but there were other covers that came with a green 7-inch. I believe some copies of the first pressing had some on green. And here's a potential... So now there may be six covers. <laughs> only because Amoeba has a 1998 Tour Edition split 7-inch listed on their website of the green silkscreen version. 
and they're calling it the 1998 Tour Edition. This is the only place I saw that it was credited as a potential Tour Edition that maybe they sold on tour. And it's also possible that they did so many pressings that they brought some of that potential second or third pressing with them on tour. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's a 1998 Tour Edition split 7-inch, and there's nothing on the artwork that Amoeba has listed here that says that it would potentially be, but that's a potential sixth pressing. Uh, here is for sure pressing number four. This is the white uh, ampersand, ampersand co- yeah. cover. Yeah. Yet another split featuring Jimmy Eat World. This is one of their most popular. Uh, so that, that first paragraph is the same that he wrote for the first. I have no idea. This is actually, nope. Okay. I have no idea how many copies were pressed from the first pressing. Actually, I have no idea how many copies were pressed of any press except for the fourth. And even though, even then, I'm not sure. The, okay, that's all the same. The fourth press comes in red and white colored sleeve with a giant ampersand on it. This is limited to 100 copies, which is stated on the sleeve itself. My copy is on white vinyl, and I'm not sure if there are other colors from this pressing or not. So those are Stitches and Grooves notes, which I love going to because whoever runs Stitches and Grooves knows the hell out of many records. Right. And the only ones we ever talk about are Jimmy Eat World. Right. Knows the hell out of vinyl. Um, so this popped up on Discogs. As far as I could tell, this is a very rare version that only went out to mail order folks because they were waiting on the artwork. So on the back cover of this version, it says limited edition of 25 for mail order from Big Wheel Recreation because we have been waiting way too long for covers. We love the Pizzicato 5, Yeah, says uh, <laughs> that mail order version. That right. Went out. So that, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, here's my note. Static Prevails was released July 23rd, 1996. This came out in 97, recorded in New York City at Rare Book Room. I have no idea if it's possible that it was on the Static Prevails demos or not. I guess according to, I don't know, according to the waveforms that we looked at, they're different, but it could just be that it was ripped on a slower spinning turntable. Or, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Or, a, or a cassette deck that wasn't calibrated. Exactly. Or, you know, I, I have no idea. However, get this. Well, although they wouldn't normally register a demo, there are two ASCAP entries oh. for Speed Read. Um, and they both have different catalog numbers. It doesn't say what release it was made for or anything like that. All of the performers get the same exact credit. Um, but... The uh, work ID on the two different versions are different. One ends with 3925 and the other ends with 7981. So I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. Um, There's, I suppose I could go one more step and reach out to ASCAP and see if that information is available in terms of like, okay, great. You're telling me that work ID 8803, blah, 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 um, and work ID, blah, 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 are different. How? In what other ways yeah. are they different? Yeah. Um, so I I, I, uh, I have yet to do that depth of research, but that is the rest of my track notes. I did find a couple cool things, one of which was a poster on eBay from 1997, uh, since it's that same year. It is a silk screen. Is it, it says Jejun? Poster, Jimmy Eat World, The Get Up Kids, KXLU Fundraiser, 
1997 Silkscreen TAZ. And if you mouse over, it it says KXLU 88.9 Fundraiser R-A-Z-O-R 97. J. June, Jimmy Eat World, Knapsack, Strictly Ballroom, Spanacorzo, No Knife, The Get Up Kids, Tristeza, Sunday's Best, Going Stag. Wednesday, October 29th, Whiskey A Go-Go. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, that is a really cool poster going for $125 Jeez. on eBay. Um, but it's the right time period. So, like, I mentioned to Linux that I was going to do a bit of different type of research that I don't usually do on the pod. And this is 1997-specific research. Wow. What else came out in 97? What else happened in 97? We don't really ever go over that type of stuff. And that's the type of stuff I feel I'm, might be a little like disjointed in the uh, community. So I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, and then finally, I posted about this today on Discord. Scott Heisel, who we've talked about many times on yeah. the pod, uh, he had posted to Twitter. When was this? August 26, 2020. So just this last year. Here's a little piece of emo history, a handwritten Jimmy Eat World set list from 1998, two and a half months before the release of Clarity. And uh, on one side, you get the poster of the show, Jimmy Eat World with the Capitol Records logo and the O, the Get Up Kids, Start Starfire Commonwealth, Tuesday, December 9th, Euclid Tavern in Cleveland. That's where our girl Kim lives. Um, and on the set list, which is handwritten, you've got Crush, Sweetness, Softer, 10, Static, Claire, Call It, Anderson Mesa, Heaven, and uh, ending up with Jejun, Uh which on the What I Would Say to You Now episode, we discussed uh, that they had written What I Would Say to You Now, and they felt like they it sounded like a Jejun song. And so here's proof on a set list that it was written that way. Now, this is 1998. But uh, late 98, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, that they were still uh, out playing what I would say to you now as Jeju- uh, as uh, accredited as Jejun. Right. And I, I love how they do that. They were doing that then and they still do it now. We had that set list that somebody um, was it danger. No, it wasn't danger. Gavin asking, but someone was asking, what is this that says boss on here? And <laughs> oh right, and it yeah, had to do yeah. because they didn't and want to write out uh, all the way stay. Yeah, it was all the way stay. But maybe he just chose not to write it, or he just loved the fact that this was what this was like their their uh, you know the totally. boss tune. Yeah, but they were doing that way back then in 1998, where it, they just instead of saying what I would say to you now, they just popped Jay June on there. And it you know looking at this thing now, it's just amazing to see this. Yeah. So that is what she wrote about um as far as i could tell yeah uh about speed read track notes anyway yeah and i'm just gonna Um, take a a quick step ahead um to the community there was one post i'm sure you went you came across this um it was from km mart 049 uh from a year ago and you your personal account was actually on there replying to it but they had posted a they they said uh, another neat eBay find don't know about the rarity of this single checked on discogs but no detail on the release date of this particular release but I'm glad I found it and it's the orange and white uh, oh yes ampersand. yes yes uh-huh. yeah and uh, it says no liner notes just says and this is very similar to what you had just read this is the fourth cover um and I think he misspelled here this is the fourth cover or this fine record 
Uh, we only made 100 of them. This is BWR0708. We love the Pizzicato 5. So you mentioned the Pizzicato 5 thing, but it was, in, I think, a, diff- a little bit varying uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I did sort of, I, I, for some reason I kept glossing over it and I guess because of the, what I would say to you oh, now okay. episode, yeah. but again, for those cherry picking episodes that didn't go back and listen yeah. to that one. Um, yes. Uh, for some reason on the fourth pressing, they love the Pizzicato five. Yeah. Did we <laughs> listen to the Pizzicato five on the, what I would say to you now? Episode? I want to say we right. did. Yeah. I want to say we brought it All up. Right. Go back and listen to that. episode. Yeah. 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 And then later down in that, <laughs> we should thread. release those two episodes as an EP. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, our own little um, EP. Uh, but our boy uh, Linux did, um, had commented down below, and uh, he dug out his. Oh, that's right. Yeah, his first, at first pressing his signed ass signed. copy. What a head, man! What a head. Yeah, man. He knows what's up. Um, more vinyl nerdiness on the uh, hardcore records '90s Facebook group. Uh, Chris Muther uh, had posted. Uh, Seven inches that are actually 45s. I'm currently refurbishing a Wurlitzer jukebox. It plays 45 RPM singles with the large hole centers. Most of the records I have for it are old top 40 songs from the 60s and 70s, but I'm looking to mix it up for the playlist. I know within the punk, hardcore, etc. community, you most commonly see seven inch records at 33 RPM with the small holes, but what recommendations could you make for killer records that satisfy the requirements for my jukebox, a 45 RPM large hole? So far, I've got Rye Coalition's Teenage Dance Sensation, as well as some killer Zappa (laughs) slash Beefheart singles. Any genre is welcome. The more offbeat, the better. And Anthony Liu posted that the Jejune Jimmy Eat World split is a 40 is a true 45 with the with the big hole in the center ah. and they posted a picture of it so um that is kind of cool because i remember when i started collecting vinyl in the early 2000s uh late 90s you uh, i think I, I remember picking up the blink 182 7 inch with violence and feeling this uh on uh i guess feeling this on the a side violence on the b side and it was a small hole and played at 33 RPM. And I was like, oh, I thought these were 45s. Like, I didn't ever call them seven inches. I called them 45s. Uh-huh. And so when I was like playing, I was like, well, it's a 45 that plays at 33. I was very confused. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just like uh, vinyl nerdiness. Uh, um, Adam Heap in the comments on one of the YouTube entries uh, had said over 11 years ago on the forum, it was called the worst Jimmy Eat World song by a lot of the members. <laughs> How wrong they are, dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. <laughs> um, so I love uh, I love seeing Thomas Adam Thomas Heat show up. Yes. yes. Um, I wish he would cover this song. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Who else do I have? Uh, Renee Chagoya says, Speed, Speed Read, Ramina, Roller Queen, and When I Want are some of their favorite uh, B-side songs. And that was on the Facebook group where James DeVille at said bonus slash B sides that should have been album tracks go. Um, so Renee L. Chagoya uh, suggested Speed Read is one of them. Uh, I I agree. I think this is a great track for somebody that likes, especially somebody that likes clarity. Um, say, oh, if you like clarity, I think you should listen to this track. Yeah. Um, Matthew Hall had said regarding the singles album. So what what was it? Somebody on Facebook. This was 
Cameron Jester said, can somebody explain this to me? And they posted the Jimmy Eat World <laughs> self-titled 94 and then the Jimmy Eat World singles album, which just says Jimmy Eat World on the front. So I, th- I think they were confused, like, which one is the self-titled, right? And uh, Matthew Hall commented, I'd only recommend singles if you're a completist. It has a few good songs on there. Opener is great. And Speed Read is an early attempt at doing a low-esque slowcore song, i.e. Table for Glasses. It's enjoyable as a as hearing as a hearing a band try to find their sound. So uh, that's what Matthew Hall had to say about the singles album. <laughs> um, I absolutely I think it's like up there with my top Jimmy World albums and it's not even a real album. Um, it's like I absolutely hate. I remember the same year Blink-182 put out their greatest hits no doubt put out their greatest hits and really like both bands at the time were on hiatus. And I was like, uh-huh. this is just a cash grab. Like this doesn't <laughs> count as canon to me, but Jimmy world did it right. Where they released a singles compilation that was literally singles and, and, and things that were released individually on a vinyl somewhere and never commercially released. So I always appreciated that Jimmy world released a, uh, like an off kilter singles. Album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, um, where were you reading that from? All that information was that f- uh, Facebook group. That's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Jimmy Eat World fans Facebook group. Okay. Um, I I did come across since we're talking about stuff in the community. I did come across a couple other things. There were two things that I actually came across on on the Discord. Oh. And one that was a little a little confusing from uh one of the other the other two Justins <laughs> on the channel, <laughs> which was. <laughs> This was from and this was recently. This was like a couple of days ago that they said uh, Speed Read should have replaced Blister on Clarity, and they should oh. have added Blister to Bleed American. Blister fits Bleed American more than any song on Bleed American. Besides, I can see that. Okay, Bleed American. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. It's a little com- confusing, but um, I see what they're saying. Um, Blister on Clarity. Where is Blister? Is that Blister's second? track ten? I think. Oh, it's way up there. Okay, all right. Um, Maybe. I- Let's see. Let me see. I thought it was a little earlier on the album. It's uh, 11. Oh, okay. Wow. Way later. Um, okay, but I see what they're saying. And you're right. It goes along with that whole, uh, what you were just saying about it, just having similar, uh, just a similar sound to Clarity. Yeah. And then uh, Futures Past also commented. This was back in August of last year. I think when we were asking about our uh, make a set list thing. Um, but he just says, sometimes when I listen to 23 and focus on the individual instruments, part of it kind of sounds orchestral. And I think it would be awesome if they did a tour with an orchestra and had an entire set list of songs tweaked to fit the sound. So inspired by the recent make a set list thing, I tried to make a set list of songs that would work well with that. And I'm struggling. What do you think would go well uh, with a backing orchestra? And he had quite the list. Table for Glasses, Here It Goes, You Were Good, Roller Queen, A Sunday, 555, Speed Read, Right in the middle, and then my sundown work, Paul Roger, softer, half heart, twenty three. Yeah, these are great. Anderson, these are great. Mason, that would be awesome. Sweetness. So yeah, he he brought in Speed Read, which again, I was like, it's like one of those tracks that I see, but I just don't. I, I hadn't experienced it yet, and just kind of, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't really know where to find it either, and I think yeah. I wasn't really digging around our. Um, I would drive. love that. Like you think, uh, what were bands that did it? Uh, you think of the Metallica one where they did the. Was it San Francisco Orchestra or something like that? Yeah. 
Um, and then Taking Back Sunday did live at Orin Sands or something like that, where they have like a chamber orchestra. And then even the main Phoenix's own the main um, did something from Lovely Little Lonely. I want to say no, they did You Are Okay. They did um, they did a private concert for a f- one fan. Wow. Uh, at uh, at someplace in Phoenix. I forget the name of the theater. It's really great. You can find it on YouTube and uh, they play with a uh, chamber orchestra. It's great. Um, I would love to see Jimmy world in that type of setting. Now like, here, let me ask really you this stripped down, but also stripped up somehow. Right <laughs> <laughs> now um, your pick one of these tracks, uh, Michael and Carly in the garage, only in dreams uh, across the sea, pink triangle photograph Island in the sun or smile. Any one of those uh, jump out at you photograph okay here we go photograph so in t- 2002 i bought this cd and it was titled only in dreams classical music inspired by weezer and i loved it and it was different who did it does it was it's there various so like let's say michael and oh, okay. carly was um ted falcon so he was the one in charge okay. of the orchestra there trevor wayne howard john Cravoza, ted falcon again bernadette moban is going to be doing photograph um but they're all various uh i, I guess I don't know if they're composers or if they're just conductors, but they've assembled these these arrangements. And I just thought it was so peaceful. But check this out. This is photograph here. So cinematic. Yeah. I would drink so much red wine if I saw this at the Hollywood Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that just so... (laughs) It's uplifting. Yeah, man. (laughs) So yeah, there's That's great that exists. Um, I was thinking, so I was almost gonna say, oh, I wonder if it's Vitamin String Quartet, who I've heard about for years and years and years because they've yeah. always done pop punk and stuff like that, and they did the soundtrack to Bridgerton. So it's like they've like made the jump to like wow Shondaland. Uh, <laughs> here is a little bit of Vitamin String Quartet doing "The Middle" by Jimmy Oral. David, do you take this man, Justin, to be your lawfully wedded <laughs> pod partner? <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, it's so good. Oh, We're going to listen to this again at the end of the pod, but this is, <laughs> this is the only Jimmy World song they've done, Vitamin String Quartet, so... Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so do you have anything before we, uh, talk about rave DJ? Uh, no. So I did indulge me here because I was concerned that we wouldn't have enough content. And, you know, I like to have stuff in the back pocket just in case, like, let's say we are 
super short on an episode and I need to fill some some time. So I went and looked up um, what 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 does speed reading is all about, and I came across oh shit this gentleman Howard Berg who reads eighty pages per minute. Now um, what? Yeah. Now let's see. I just want to listen to this. Uh, I'm going to play it here, not through the watch together, just because I want to make sure that the timer works here. But this is just a clip where, at, toward the end of this news thing, he gives like a, a suggestion on um, on how to how to speed read. So here we go. This is Howard. Yeah, Berg. in fact, I could show you how to speed up right now if you'd like. Okay, take, real quick. It could take you up about twenty percent in, in less than a minute. No, really? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. When you're at home, take a book. Time yourself for a minute, read the way you normally read them, take a pencil mark okay. and see what you got. Then go back, let's go to the first page of a chapter, it's easier to measure from the beginning. All right. Take your left hand and move it from the left to the right margin completely across, one line at a time, as quickly as you could comprehend and have your eye following your hand. If you know what you're reading, go faster till you don't, so you find out where your ceiling is and then go back down just a bit so you know what you're reading. Practice that for about 10 minutes. What you're doing is using your hand to read more visually. Hmm. And if you do it for about 10 minutes, it'll become more of a habit. Then go back where you started initially, where you tested yourself. And this time, read with your hand as quickly as you can comprehend. And you'll pass that initial spot by 10, 15, maybe 20% faster just by wow. doing that. And we're actually doing a, a program this weekend. Yes. Yeah, you got that, David? It's so simple. <laughs> Well, I remember in high school seeing like an infomercial or something where somebody was like rubbing the page. Right. And they were like, yeah, that's some speed reading. I'm like, that's not a thing. And then ever since then, I never forgot that from high school. Yeah. Well, they had some B-roll like, of this guy. I think stylistically you could read the first sentence of every paragraph and fill in the blanks. And I was, I always figured that's what they were doing. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you can... And I'm assuming this just because I'm not a speed reader, but you know how you can, if you've ever been to a beer fest and there's that guy that rides the bike, but the bike goes the opposite direction. And so you turn the wheels to the left and it's got this inverted uh, rotor in there that turns the wheel to the right. Right. And you got to go like 10 feet and no one gets to do it. And it's a big thing. But he says he can do it. But the problem is, is that he can't ride a regular bike anymore. So I'm wondering if these people <laughs> who do speed reading can't, read normally anymore they just sort of make up the story in now, their head have you seen that digital version of this it sounds like where somebody uh, some uh, college uh master's program people uh figured out that if you highlight a letter in the middle of a word you can flash each word on the screen and keep your eye dead center at that letter in at a letter in the word that's in the middle and read faster that way. And I remember seeing that demoed 12, 15 years ago uh -huh. and it worked. It was incredible. And I don't know that technology still hasn't become commonplace. I heard about it. Like, I feel like a, two years ago it came up again. I was like, Oh good. They're still working on that, I guess. Um, but that was another form of speed reading that, I remember when I saw it demoed, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember people were doing this with their hands or something <laughs> when I was well, in high school. I think I saw something like that on Reddit where they had it was almost like a GIF or if it was a video, but they just said, watch the center. And it sounds very similar to what you were describing. Yes, yes. And yes. I was very surprised. In fact, I think I showed Lindsay. I was impressed with how well it works. It's just you look straight in the center, but it, and it, they flash quickly, but your mind just processes it. 
And uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything since, but maybe it's one of those underground things. It's uh, the efficient, the effect of letter spacing on reading speed in central. So let's see, this might be it. Let's see. Uh, in central and peripheral vision. So I wonder if this is tied to, you know how you can, as long as the first, and last letters in a word are in the correct position, you can scramble all the letters in the middle and still be able to read it competently. Have you seen that before? It sounds familiar, yeah. So I'm gonna do a demo for you right now. All right. Uh, uh, this is great for a an aural median. So I just sent you your own name, mm-hmm. where the first and last letters Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On both your first name and your last name are in the right positions. But all the letters in the middle are the letters that should be there. But essentially, our brains only are looking for certain cues, right? Yeah. Um, And so even though that says just Just mile year, uh, it's very clearly says Justin Miller if you're right, if you're just glancing at it, right? Um. And uh, I wonder if it's somehow tied to that uh, to that same thing. Of course, the first thing I found is like a like a a um, some sort of academic journal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, here it is. I think this is it. Check this out. I'm going to send you this link. And I think this is called Spreeder. It's a free app. Spreeder. Okay. And I almost feel like this is going to be my. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say I wonder if you could say this is a gif. I'm going to make this the preview for the episode where all the show notes are because you can put your own text in here. So I'm going to put the show notes in the Spreeder app uh, and uh, and put it in a way that this is what I saw on Reddit. This is what I yeah. saw. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's cool. OK. All yes. right. I love the idea of spreading. Yeah. And you know what we've been like talking? It just happens to be that we've we've been talking about this on the Discord recently. Is all these yes, books and I can't, everything? Yeah, I can't read because I start thinking of a zillion of the things when I'm halfway uh, through a paragraph. Yeah. But if I'm looking dead center in a screen and I'm just reading and following along, it's almost like all that visual distraction is away. Like I'm only reading words as they flash onto the screen. Yeah, you know, and they gave this guy, this Howard Berg guy, at the beginning of this bit, they gave him like a, a thousand page book on it like it was all legal notes so it was like stuff that you would go through and you and he, and he was able to spout back they said so we gave you five minutes to read this entire book or they gave him like maybe 10 minutes but he read it in seven and a half something like that wow and he was able to recite you know in detail portions and chapters of the book but you know like i was i was gifted recently we've been you know we camp a lot and i was gifted from um Lindsay's grandpa gave me uh louis lamour like and that's that's something that's a book that's an author where I've seen his books because, you know, I grew up with my dad, not necessarily like out on the prairie or anything like that, but we were up in the mountains. Um, and just, I imagine that you read, if you were trying to speed read Louis L'Amour, you would, uh, <laughs> you would miss out on all of that extra stuff, like the beauty and everything. You're just kind of like getting, you know, oh, and then he shot him and he shot him and that's really it. And then he ends up, you know, he saves the woman at the end, but you miss out he- on the visual parts of it all. You sound like people that get mad at me for listening to This American Life at two times speed. You're like, oh, but you're missing the intricacies of it. I'm like, no, when everything's at two times speed, including the music, you get the emotion of it. May- and maybe that's it. Maybe I, still I would cry you know, read a, a Louis L'Amour book and uh, I'd, I'd get the vibe of it after yeah. 
speed reading. I still cry and stuff at, uh, I feel all the emotion that I feel from this American life at two times speed. Right. I just feel it in half the time that everybody else does. <laughs> like, even when I'm giving you notes, I never know if you notice, like, if I'm listening to the pod and I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, what, like, uh, 45 minutes later, I was like, oh, it's a great, it was a great episode. episode too. Yes, I do. I think, how the hell did he go through that yeah, so man. quick? Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, um, thank you for uh, indulging me there with that. Oh, um, you know, I'm so glad you brought it up. I, I uh, uh, that's a that's a fun digression. I, yeah. I do have one little cover. Did you come across one little cover? I didn't. I couldn't find any. Man, where'd you find it? I found a cover on YouTube. Her name is Christy Brewer, and I'm gonna need you to fire up text to speech. Oh, because dude. of all the songs. Oh, okay. That Christy Brewer did. Text to speech robot. Let's get this. Let me. I gotta put the yeah. whole song in here. And Christy Brewer has a little intro, like our uh, some friends we've known in the past. But Christy Brewer's a new name. I had a new name and a new life. <laughs> All right, man. That's a scream reference. <laughs> um, here we go. Christy Brewer speed read with intro. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Save the wrapping for another. Dressing doesn't mean a thing to me. Submission for a ladder rank. You decide what you're used for. You decide. I know what you are, what you are. I see clearly what you are, what you are, what you are. That was the whole thing. Yeah. I loved it. Ah, man. That's got some bass. Yeah, man, that oh, was great. I love it. I was getting down. So yeah, that is the one cover I had of yeah. Speed Read. <laughs> um, now, on the count of three, we're gonna say together what yes. song we did the rave DJ okay. for. One. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Two, what the name of the actual song is, right? The name of the actual okay. song. Here. Oh, oh, of the of the uh, rave of the DJ, rave DJ or the song. Song okay. we did. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing this. Are we, we saying the song we rave DJ'd? No, or the no, no. We're saying the rave DJ, rave DJ song. song, but we have to do this. Okay. Is the question I got to ask? Is it on three or after three? Is it the beat after? Uh, three? It would be as if it were four. Got it. So okay. one, two, three, the name. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. One, two, three. Glasses, glasses eat world. world. <laughs> <laughs> this was not pre-planned. No. So, Justin, I don't even need to send you the link. You already yeah, have I it. do actually. Um, and this um, happened one I have other not time. Listened to it. <laughs> I've not listened to it. Now, let me ask um, you this: Why did you pick yes. um, "Table for Glasses"? Specifically, Matthew Hall's comment on the Facebook group where he says, "Opener is great, and Speed Read is an early attempt of doing a low ask." slowcore song i.e table for glasses wow and that was literally the reason i did it and i was like oh, okay yeah i can see how they're they're like sister songs yeah well i i heard it i heard the song without seeing that comment and thought the first track that entered my head was table for glasses so just even nice. without seeing that prompt out of that context i was able to figure that out and i just love the 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 conversation back and forth um <laughs> oh did you get a rave dj um, and then I said, oh, shit, to which you reply, oh, I made one and never listened. It jumped right to the song. And then, <laughs> which I can't remember yeah. which track that happened to before, but I, I don't know. It's not a it's not a common occurrence. <laughs> no. Which is great. Yeah. All right. So you and I are listening to this for the first time. Yes. I've got it. Live on the pod. <laughs> OK, here we go. This is 
Um, glasses eat world. So twinkly. Yeah. Elements of both tracks are showing. It's a little wandering. Yeah. I suppose we can give our final thoughts over this. Yeah. Justin, what are your final thoughts of Speed Read by Jimmy Eat World? Um, I like the fact that it's a short song. Um, it's got a message to deliver, and it's got that uh, it's got a very Jimmy Eat World sound, especially that change into the chorus that chord change is so jimmy world-esque and i love yeah. that about it so um i i like it it's not one of my favorite tracks but uh, i'm glad i gave it a chance what about you man i would never skip this track i will likely forget it and then next time it comes on i'll just let it wash over me i like you can see like the road that it paved and i think that's what's important about it yeah um and uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, all I've got on this one. Um, I guess until next time, uh, everyone should uh, grab a book and be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Oh, God, that's so <laughs> <Damn> bad. <it. laughs> I was really hoping for a nice ending there. Me too. <laughs> so discordant Sounds like a boat horn. (laughs) Just as it came into our lives, sails on out.